In this lesson, we're gonna teach you how to write and pitch guest posts. The methods that we're gonna teach you have been used to get writing in places from uh, Harvard Business Review, Business Insider, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur, Inc., Forbes, Huffington Post, Fortune, TechCrunch, Fox News, CNBC, down the list. Hundreds and hundreds of media outlets, almost every single media outlet that exists, we've placed, I have or I've helped people place uh, guest posts into. The process I'm gonna to describe to you is simple and easy and designed to be as streamlined as possible. I'm not trying to teach you how to be a professional writer or how to, be, how to blog for a living or get paid for your writing. The assumption here is that you already have a job, you're very good at it, and you're using guest posting to help accentuate what you already do, not to be your primary job or source of income. Phase one is preparation. The first step in preparation is to identify your guest blogging goal. Now, generally speaking, there are two goals for guest blogging and identifying which one is your goal is very important because it'll determine what you write and who you pitch. One of the main goals that, that authors will identify for guest blogging is positioning and authority. Basically, they wanna raise their visibility and establish themselves in some way, shape or form as an expert or an authority in their field. For this goal, you generally wanna go after what, what I call broad authority sites, right? The other goal, which is not necessarily contradictory, but it is different, is you're looking to drive potential clients to take some kind of action, whether it's hire you or sign up for your list or something like that. For those goals, you should be looking for what I call industry-specific sites. Now, I'll, I'll explain what these are. With the right kind of content and the right kind of media, you can actually go after both and you can, you can succeed in both fields, but not always. So if you're trying to accomplish number one, uh, which means raising your authority and establish credibility, you're generally gonna focus on broad authority sites. These are sites like Harvard Business Review, CNBC, uh, Forbes, Inc. These are the, the media outlets where you might put the logo on your personal uh, uh, personal blog or you might write about it on your LinkedIn profile. It, the, the, the ones where if you're writing for them, it, you feel like it gives you status. But if you're just trying to accomplish goal number two, which is get clients to take a specific action, then industry-focused blogs with niche audiences are way better. These, um, these are things like uh, professional uh, newsletters, uh, the blogs for professional associations, um, you know, like if you're in construction, it's like, you know, contractors weekly or something. I have no idea if that even exists because I'm not in construction. But the point is, I, I can't even name most of these things because they're very specific to individual entities as opposed or individual professions as opposed to broad authorities. Both of them work, but they're different. So your first job is to identify which is your primary goal. Uh, and if you have a second, uh, if you have, if you want to try and accomplish both, which one comes first? Once you've identified your goals, the second step is to pick the outlets that you want to guest post on. So <clears throat> if your goal is number one, visibility and authority, then you should have a good idea already of what outlets make sense as the broad authority outlets for, for you. So essentially, and it's like I already said, uh, the measure for that is if you'd be proud to be associated with their name or proud to put their logo on your site, that's probably a good um, a good site or a good place to go after if your goal is authority and visibility. If your goal is specific client action, 
then you may not actually know the best niche blogs where your clients hang out. I'll give you a really good example. For Book in a Box, for Scribe, our company, one of the main sets of clients that use our services are financial advisors. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I gave my money to my guy and that's all I worry about, right? I don't know the, the niche sites. So I actually had to go research what are the niche sites for financial advisors. Turns out there's a bunch and they're very specific, but if you're not in that field, you don't know. That's an example of how you might not actually know where your clients are or are not. So when you're looking for niche blogs to guest post, your main goal is, is to find, when you're researching like I had to, your main goal is to find sites that speak directly to that core audience, right? So you're looking for blogs that fit this general criteria. The content is focused on the niche in the industry. The audience is interested in that industry or is a part of that industry. The blog has engaged readership, meaning like look at the posts and see, are they being shared socially? Are they being commented on? Do you see them linked on Twitter and Facebook? Things like that. And the blog owner is active on social media, right? This all makes sense, I, I hope. If, if the blog is dead, if it's not active, if no one shares it, don't waste your time. It means no one's reading it. Now, if you don't know where to find these, uh, these blogs, we've got this amazing thing called Google that you can use, right? But I'll give you, there are actually some basic search strings you can use. A lot of times it doesn't work to just Google, let's say financial industry blogs. That can work, but a lot of times it's too broad. In the resources, we list a bunch of search strings you can use, but for example, there are things like keyword plus submit guest post. So if I were looking for financial industry blogs, I would say, Wealth manager plus submit guest post or wealth manager plus write for us. That that tells me not only are these uh, blogs in this industry, but they're they're looking for guest posts. And there's a bunch of others that, that we suggest in the resources you can look at. The next step is get to know each blog and their audience. Once you have your list, what you want to do is make sure you study each outlet and understand their audience to ensure that they're the right fit for you and vice versa. This can actually be part of the research. Uh, you don't have to necessarily do these sequentially, but the point is you wanna make sure that the blogs you identify are accepting guest posts. You wanna get a feel for what they post, and then you wanna understand if what you have to say is gonna fit, right? So this means you should be able to answer basic questions like what does their audience care about? What information do you have that their audience can change or can use to change their lives? What type of audience are they writing for? Is that an overlap? For example, if your business is B2B, you're going to want to guest post for a blog that serves B2B, not B2C. They're very different, right? Uh, also, you want to look at what kind of content do they write? Is it general concepts? Is it uh, virtue signaling pieces? Is it specific detailed tutorials? Whatever it is, you want to make sure that what you're thinking about is going to fit with what they do. Furthermore, you want to look at what type of blog posts do best. Uh, and you're going to want to pitch the blog with topics that are proven with their audience. So now to get some good ideas of topics that are going to work with the blog's audience, obviously you can look at the, the history. But also you can use a site called BuzzSumo. You can search BuzzSumo uh, with the domain of the blog and see a history of their highest performing posts. And get, get, that gives you a good feel of what works on that site, which, listen, remember, the, the editors you're pitching are going to care about the audience response. So understanding what their audience responds to is going to help you pitch better. The next step is to research the blog submission guidelines and, of course, follow them. 
don't just blind pitch a blog or media outlet. They have rules usually, and they want you to follow them. In the resources attached, we've linked the contributor guidelines for some major media outlets that people often like to submit to. I would highly suggest you read those and do not skim them. Do not take them as innuendo. <laughs> they are, they, if they took the time to write contributor guidelines, it's for a reason. And if you don't follow them, almost certainly they're going to reject you. I, I don't know any other way to put that. Once you've identified the blogs you want to pitch and you've researched them, the next phase is actually pitching. Now note that what I'm about to tell you for pitching are general media pitch guidelines that are consensus in the industry, but they should never override the specific contribution guidelines uh, that a media outlet has. Many media outlets and blogs don't have specific contribution guidelines, so if they don't have them, use what I'm about to tell you. If they do have guidelines, use their guidelines. The first step is crafting your pitch. Once you've identified the blogs and found their pitch guidelines or not, now you can pitch them. So there's a few things to remember with pitching. The first one is you are not pitching your book. Like I've told you a dozen times in this course, no one cares about your book, right? What do they care about? They care about what your book can do for them. So what you're pitching is an idea for an article that the blog will want to run because it's going to be interesting content for readers. And yes, of course it can relate to your book, but it's not about your book, right? Now, seriously, I, I can't, I'm going to say this again. Do not make a pitch, your pitch, an advertisement for your business or your products or, your, or you or your book. Guest posts are valuable sources of information. So uh, uh, organic occasional mentions of you or your business or your book are fine if they directly illustrate a point that the blog post is trying to make, but the post is focused on the information, not on you. It's okay to send multiple story ideas with bulleted subpoints. That's fine. Unlike other in other modules that we tell you to do one at a time, for, for guest posting, you can actually pitch multiple ideas at once. Don't send trite link-baity article ideas. Good blogs, the ones that you're probably going to be pitching, want great articles that will be interesting to readers for a long time. In the media business, it's called evergreen. Right? Don't make the blog idea about your opinion. Again, nobody cares about you or your opinion. Use research, charts, quotes, etc. to back up your argument and create an interesting thesis. It should be easy to do this given you just wrote a book about the topics you're trying to pitch. You should really know the field well, so this shouldn't be a problem for you. Now, I'll, I'll give you some guidelines on how to come up with ideas for your pitch. Uh, it's not always easy for a lot of people, so if you're having problems, that's fine. It's cool. Uh, it takes experience and it takes a little time to get used to pitching. But try to use this checklist when you're coming up with blog post ideas. The first one is ask yourself, is the idea interesting and impactful to the audience of the blog? Second, is it a unique angle, at least for their blog? Or is it some sort of remix of one of their hit articles? Third, is it meaningful for a long time, right? Evergreen, as opposed to commentary on current events. So let me give you an example that will uh, help uh, illuminate the difference between evergreen and current affair pitching. So as I as I film this right now, the cryptocurrency market is off 70% from its highs in December. You could easily pitch a piece about why that is and what that means. That would be current affairs though, because in three months or six months when the cryptocurrency is either way up or way down from where it is, no one's going to care about a piece about uh, uh, where it is now. But if you were to write a piece that explains to people 
how to deal with wild swings in markets, that's going to be applicable to the cryptocurrency market and to people investing in that market and people in startups in that market for a long, long time because that market's probably going to have a lot more wild swings. That's Evergreen. That's the difference between current affairs and Evergreen. The next step after you've crafted your pitch is to now send personalized emails to each blog. There are a few simple rules for the pitch emails you're going to send to blogs. The first one is keep it as short as possible. The second one is you want to customize your intro to show that you have actually studied and done your research on both the outlet and the writer or editor that you are pitching. You should get to the point of the pitch very quickly and do it in no more than two paragraphs. Don't spend time talking about yourself other than a brief bio and contact info. No one cares about you. They only care about the content. And then use plain language and no buzzwords and no jargon. In the attached resources, I give you a full template of the pitch email that I've been using for almost a decade for guest posting. It works really well if you customize it properly. Phase three is following up. After you send your pitch email, you're going to follow up. And that's fine, but just don't annoy them. Wait a week or so, maybe two weeks, and send a follow-up email asking if they received the pitch and if they're interested in any of the pieces that you pitched. If after one follow-up you hear nothing, next time pitch completely different ideas. One of the really good ways to follow up again is to hit people up on Twitter. This shows you're a real person and not some PR flack, and it also shows them that you're sincere and polite and you treat them like a person, which by the way, when you hit the bump on Twitter, make sure you are sincere, polite, and treat them like a person. The worst thing you can do is, you know, scream at them in all caps, asking why they haven't <laughs> accepted your pitch idea. That's not going to work well. If a blog editor responds, I hope you know to respond quickly and then immediately get to work. If Writing the post. If you do a good job, they'll probably let you submit other articles in the future. Now, writing the, the post is very important, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Let me give you some guidelines on writing an amazing post. The first one is you need to make sure you share your best content and don't hold stuff back. If you are writing a post that hints at what you know and then tells people they have to go buy the course, it's going to be terrible. No one's going to publish that. No one's going to read it. No one's going to share it. What you need to do is give people the best content you can. Now, granted, in a blog post, you can't tell everyone everything, but you need to make the blog post worth reading. Someone you, you, want, you want someone to read this and think that was worth my time. In fact, it was so good. I want to share it with other people who also have this problem. You also want to make sure that it's stylistically the same as their other posts and that you're playing by the rules of the medium. For example, a blog post is not just a, an excerpted chapter from your book. That doesn't make sense. A blog post has its own rules, has its own style. And so you want to make sure you're writing, even if you excerpt a chapter from your book, you want to do it in a way that both fits the blog you're pitching and also fits the medium you're using. This also means adding in visuals. The more you can show as opposed to tell, whether it's screenshots or uh, writing in a visual style or showing lots of, lots of graphs and proofs, the point is you want your writing to pop, at least in the same way that the other pieces of writing on that blog pop if not even better, because the better it is, the more it's going to be shared, the more both your content will spread, which will help you, and you'll be asked to write more pieces. Also, before you submit, triple check that it is completely WordPress publish ready, meaning that like they should not have to do any work at all. They shouldn't have to format it. They shouldn't have to insert links. 
They shouldn't have to, ideally, they shouldn't even have to proofread it. You've done everything. So they will, of course, proofread it. Most places will. But ideally, you've done such a good job, they can just throw it into WordPress and hit publish. This also means you need to write their introduction for them and even your own byline, right? Take responsibility for every single word in the post. And this is not just about doing their work for them. The reason you're doing this is because if you leave it to someone else, the chances that they're gonna get it right and say it the way you want are very slim. But if you tell them how you want it said, even if they change it a little bit, they're probably gonna be really close to what you want. So you're both helping yourself and helping them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you got a lot out of it. If you found this valuable, it would mean a lot to us if you shared it with somebody who is trying to write a book. And beyond that, you can support the podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming on Scribe Book School. Scribe Book School.